Thanks for checking out the Oasis Church podcast from Camden, Arkansas. Each week we share the message from our Sunday worship service. Join us anytime. More information at camdenoasischurch.com. As we see what ministry looks like, we know first here ministry can be difficult. Paul said himself right here, Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. Paul gives us an insight on the track of ministry of how um, we can understand why he could say, I find joy in suffering. I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. Uh, Ministry, as it can be difficult, there is joy to be found in the difficulty. And so we need to understand that even though um, there is messiness and difficulty in ministry, that, that we can see as we follow Christ, as we do what he's called us to, there is great joy to be had. He gives us two things here to understand. First of all, it's that word now. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Now. You know what that leads us to? It leads us to last week's sermon. It points us backwards. Uh, he says, now I can rejoice in my, uh, in, in my suffering because of the things that he taught us last week. Because of the things that Scripture tells us, go back and start in verse 15 and read about Jesus. And he, he paints a picture of Jesus as supreme, as highest, as, as God in heaven, who is the leader of all things, who is creator God, who is God over the church, who is the head of the church, who is the leader of our lives, who is our Savior, and who is worthy of our time and effort and worship And everything that we can give to him, he is that Christ, and he paints that picture. And so he says, because of that, now I can rejoice in my suffering. What Paul is saying is this, is that there is a picture of Christ that Scripture teaches us. There is a person in Christ that can bring joy no matter what circumstance. And when we see that, and we see that's the reason and motivation for us to do ministry, I believe that, that it can carry us through hardship. It can lead us through difficult times. We can see that, that even though it's messy and difficult, that um, if we focus in on Jesus and we see him for who he is, it is him that can bring us through. It is him who Paul rested in. It is him who Paul fixated on, is making much of Jesus. He says, now, because of, of who Christ is and what Christ has done. It's not just this picture of Christ, but this is a very relatable thing for him. It is, it is because Paul experienced Jesus. It's because Paul knew Jesus, because Jesus was his Savior, because Jesus changed his life, because Paul was Saul and he wanted to stop the church, and now he wants to um, proclaim Jesus to all people at, at any cost to him. And we know his suffering was great. I mean, he would be killed for the sake of the gospel, but right now, he's being put in prison, and that's not, you know, a, a jail cell. That is um, basically be thrown into um, whatever kind of hole type place or, or place in the rock that's carved out that they would put prisoners in. And it was dark, and it was gross, and it was rough, and it was not where they were taking care of you. It was not easy. He would be beaten. He would, be, uh, he would just go through all kinds of just crazy hardships. Some of them are, are things that, yeah, other people were beaten for the sake of the gospel. Well, Paul was shipwrecked for the sake of, of going out and sharing the gospel. Paul was snake-bitten for the sake of going out and sharing the gospel on his travels along the way. Um, just crazy things happened in Paul's life, and it never deterred him. Never thought once 
that, well, maybe this isn't where I should be. When we went through the tornado and we had just moved there, I got asked a question several times by all kinds of people, actually, is why do you think this means that you shouldn't be here? Um, that this whole idea that you would move to a town and get hit by tornadoes, first of all, I was like, hey, this is not my fault. Uh, I didn't do this, okay? But, but my answer became, and, it, and I had to think on this a little while, but my answer became, no, it probably says I'm right where God wants me. Because he doesn't promise to take away difficulty. He doesn't promise that hardships won't come, but he promised to work through those things. And we saw God at work, and I'm telling you, my faith grew and my understanding of, of, what, of who God is in that moment um, was, was just um, my knowledge and, and understanding was expanded. And my love for Christ was, was, um, was probably healthier than it had ever been in such a time uh, where, where I had no um, personal strength in this. I had no ability on my own to just do much. I had to rely on other people. And I don't like to be that way. But God showed me his power in my weakness. And that's what Paul's saying here. He said, we rejoice now because of who Jesus is, because he is creator God, because he is sustainer and holds all things together, because he is the head of the church, the body of Christ, because he is your savior, or he can be your savior, because he gave himself up for you and for me, and so that our lives could be eternally different. He is the hope of eternity. And he's the reason for ministry. He also says, for your sake. He says, now on the beginning side, because of who Jesus is, I rejoice in my suffering. And he says, for your sake. For your sake. And so there's an idea that ministry isn't, again, about Paul. It's about who Jesus is and what he wants to do is honor him with his life. But it's also about the process and really the purpose, and that is reaching people. He said, for your sake, that that I do these things, that he's willing to go through. If you read Philippians chapter 1, you'll see that Paul says um, things like to live is Christ and to die is gain. And it shows his mentality that I would rather live for Jesus here on this earth, that I'm going to give everything I have towards him, or even better than that, that I could leave this earth and be with him. That's someone whose mindset says it's all about Jesus. But while I'm here on this earth, it's going to be all about showing Jesus to the world. J.D. Greer speaks of this. He says that we cannot rationalize rejoicing in suffering. Hey, we can't on our own think through this and make this make sense. No one invites suffering into their life. No one wants that. We don't get up and say, oh, man, I sure wish I could suffer for the gospel today. I sure wish I could, man, get snake bitten on my way to tell someone about Jesus. I wish I could just go through whatever hardships that we're going through and so that my life could be more difficult um, for the sake of others and for the sake of Christ. No one invites that on themselves. It doesn't make sense. And so he says, well, why would someone be willing to, to say that? Why would Paul write these words? Obviously, they're in Scripture and they're inspired by God, so there must be truth in them. It is because, uh, as J.D. Greer says, he says, we can't rationalize it, but if we will sacrifice for what we love most. And that's what you see here. He says, for your sake. He said, we will sacrifice for what we love most. And the idea here is, is that Paul genuinely loved people. He genuinely loved Jesus so much that he wanted those two things to get together. He wanted to see people's lives changed by the gospel. 
He wanted to give everything he had to seeing that Jesus was magnified, that he was glorified, and that lives were being changed and brought into the right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He was willing to give up of himself and love people and care about people and reach out to people and not focus in on himself, but to to see the needs of other people around them and live for them. I don't think I will, I don't know that I'll ever have that kind of mindset and drive as Paul did for other people. But, but we can see this sometimes in our own lives, our own hearts. If you're a parent, um, then, then you can understand this. Or if you've ever loved someone, then you can understand this, is that you will sacrifice for them. There is not many things that I would change a diaper for in, in my life except for my kids. Like, I will, I've done things that are gross and, and things that I thought, you know, like this was not going to be something that I want to be a part of. And, and you walk through those things. And, and with children, you're called to be selfless because your world becomes about a little baby very quickly when they come into your life. Your world becomes about whatever they need and whatever schedule they're on. And when your schedule and their schedule don't line up, then you go to them. You listen to them because they're going to be the ones screaming louder. And, and so we, you know, we do this and we understand this. And there's, there's hardships and there's difficulty in that time. But because of our love for our children, um, that, that we don't see it as something that just completely wrecks our world and, and takes away from us. We see it as a joy to love our children and even to make sacrifices. I haven't slept in like 13 years I don't know if anybody else understands that. Like, it's been so long. And, and after our first kid, Carson, back here, he loves to have attention brought on him. Man, he didn't sleep for six months. His first six months, we literally, April would go to bed at like 7 o'clock and get up at 3 o'clock, and she would hold him. And I would stay up till 3 o'clock, and I would go to bed and get up at 8 o'clock and come to work. And we had this schedule for six months in our lives because he just couldn't sleep unless he was sitting up. And so we did these things, and we sacrificed, and, and, we, um, and we found the joy of being parents and the loving our children, and it was worth it. And we have three more after that. And so you can see that God even erases those things from us when you see that Paul probably didn't focus in on the difficulty of ministry all the time, but he saw the joy of lives being changed, and he saw the value of that, and he saw that it was worth it. And we live our lives in that way. He says, and I, and I want to just quickly catch this phrase because it's a very controversial phrase here in this passage and, and one that's talked about in all kinds of ways. It says, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, the church. Paul is not saying in any way that he is doing something that Jesus didn't already accomplish. When he says, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Um, Paul is saying, uh, he's not saying that, that he's adding to what Jesus is doing. He's doing something better and continuing that what Jesus couldn't do. That is not at all it because Paul, of anybody, writes in Scripture the sufficiency of what Christ has done in, in the cross and, and as, as the Lord and Savior of our lives, as the one who made the ultimate sacrifice. There's nothing that Paul could do to add to that. But Paul, I think, is describing the way that he will um, relate to Jesus and, and continuing the work of Jesus. As when Jesus um, 
went back to heaven and he, and he charged the men to go and to continue the work of the gospel. That as Paul suffers and as Paul um, goes through hardships, he recognizes that it's not just on his own that he's doing this. It's not about him, but it's about Jesus went through those same things. And there's something that happens when you suffer for the sake of Christ. And I think it helps us to begin to understand just what Jesus did for us. And I think that's what Paul's saying here. He's like, hey, I'm continuing the legacy. I am, I am continuing the work. I am called to be a minister of the gospel. And so it's not that I'm adding anything to it, but I am beginning to understand what Jesus just really did as I go through my own hardships. So we see, number two, that um, in this is that, that ministry is Christ-focused. Paul has shown us this, and these next three will go much quicker through. Um, but he says in verse 26, he says, this is for the sake of, or in verse 25, for the sake of this body that is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. So he says, ministry is Christ-focused. Uh, that, that the whole idea is here is he's a steward of the, of the grace that God has shown him. A steward is, is someone who takes care of, of what he has been given, that, that he understands that I've been saved, and because I've been saved, there's something that, that should happen within me, and out of the overflow of my love for Jesus and, and what God has changed me, I live for him. And Paul says that he's been called as an apostle, as, a, as, a, as, as someone who, who's called to preach and teach the gospel. Um, in 1 Corinthians 5, 15.10, it says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any other, than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God within me. He says, hey, that's what stewardship is. It's God's grace at work within me, and so I'm going to do everything I can to live up to that, to take care of what God has entrusted within me. And he says, so it is, it is the stewardship of God's grace that has given us. He said the, that the stewardship from God was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. We see this that in, in two ways, that it's, it's Christ-focused, ministry is Christ-focused. It is about making the word of God fully known. The Word of God is, is the gospel. It is all the things that we've talked about leading up to this point, and he'll continue to talk about through Colossians, it is what Jesus Christ has done for people. It's also, for us, it is God's Word. Ministry is about understanding who Jesus is and what Jesus Christ has done, and as Scripture from Genesis uh, to Revelations point us to the person of Jesus Christ and the ministry of Jesus in our own lives, in our own ministry, um, it's about proclaiming those things it's about making the word of God known the Bible tells us in John 17 17 sanctify them Jesus is praying this sanctify them in the truth your word is truth he reminds us that his word that that, that scripture is the truth and that it has a sanctifying effect on the lives of believers um, that as we we study God's word as we look to God's word that it will produce in us godliness Romans, 17, Romans 10, 17 says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God's word is essential to seeing lives changed. Um, it's essential to what ministry should be about. And we need to be people who, who study God's word, who know God's word, and so that we can be people who proclaim God's word in people's lives. 
Number three is we see the purpose of ministry is to proclaim Jesus. It focuses on Jesus, and it's, it's also, and kind of subheading that, is to proclaim Jesus. Uh, we cannot teach that unless we've experienced it. We cannot proclaim Jesus unless we know who Jesus is. And I think Paul, is, is, he lives this. I think Paul shows us this in his life, that his true relationship with Jesus is not just the fuel of why he does ministry, but it's, he, his ministry is the overflow of what Christ is doing within him. So he says, we proclaim Jesus. He says, um, he says, in verse 25, or I'm sorry, in 26, the mystery hidden for ages and generations now revealed to the saints. To them, God has chose to make known how great among him, um, among the Gentiles, are the riches of the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim. He says all these things. He says the mystery of the gospel has been revealed. He said back in the Old Testament, people were looking towards a Jesus, a coming Messiah, a Savior. But now we know who Jesus is and it is revealed to us. And as we trust in Jesus, he becomes our Savior. It's revealed even more. That mystery is no longer a mystery to us. Remember, he's, he's fighting against a group of people who say there's some spiritual things that you just can't know. And until you know them, you can't even begin to understand spiritual things. Paul's saying, no, let's start here. Let's start with the gospel. Let's start with what Jesus Christ has done because you can know him, because you can know God through Jesus, because you can know because of what Jesus Christ has done and because his life begins to line up with your life at salvation. He says, Christ is in you. It's the hope of the glory. And so in him we proclaim Jesus. The purpose of ministry is to, pro- is to proclaim Jesus. He says it's to warn and to teach Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Warning and teaching. We know that the Scripture says that it is profitable for reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. Sometimes we have to be people who are willing to warn those who don't understand the gospel, who don't understand what God is doing in this world, who don't understand kingdom things and spiritual things. And we do that with gentleness and we do that with love. I don't think Paul would want us to just go and, and be people who, who constantly tear others down. I think the warning side of this comes when you have genuine relationship and you can come to someone because they know you love them and they know you care about them. And, and you have the relationship where he says, hey, you know these things are not leading you to a better life. They're not leading you into anything that is good for you. And so that is, that is who we are as Christians, to, to be people who, who go out and genuinely love people and build relationships so that we can warn and we can teach in wisdom so that we can be involved in that aspect of people's lives. So Paul says this is a purpose of ministry. Sometimes it's to correct, and it's always to teach and to show them what Christ Jesus is doing. He says so that we can present them mature in Christ. In Ephesians 4, he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we obtain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son to mature manhood uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine and human cunningness and craftiness, rather speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. He said there's some people who are given to teaching, 
and to preaching and to evangelism and, and all these roles in ministry. He said, but the goal is this, is that people would understand who Jesus is and they would apply him to their lives. And so that, um, that we could live as Christians in this world when everything around us is not exalting Jesus Christ and showing us God's way. It's actually trying to tell us all these other ways are better, and we know that, that that's going to lead to destruction. The Bible teaches us that, but God has a better way for life and a better place for us and a purpose for us. And so he says, we're going to speak truth and love to grow up in every way into Christ. The purpose of ministry is to proclaim Christ in the lives of people. We are all called to that. And sometimes that's just the way we live our lives in the honor of Jesus, and it proclaims Christ. And sometimes that means having conversations, gospel conversations. Sometimes that means warning. Sometimes that means teaching. And that always means loving and caring for and having genuine relationship with and so that we can see others growing in their relationship with Jesus. My favorite part of this whole passage is Paul even talks about this is a struggle. He says in verse 29, for this I toil uh, I work hard, I struggle with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. He says, I, I work, I struggle through ministry. But he, he points us back to the ability to, to accomplish these things, and that is the power of God. Did you catch that? He says, I, for this I toil, I struggle with all his energy. Not all of Paul's energy, all of his energy, all of the energy of God, all the energy of Jesus Christ and what he has done, his energy that powerfully works within me. God's spirit is at work in the life of Paul. God's spirit is at work in, in the message of the gospel. God is at work and he is the one who empowers us and it is through him that we can rest in what he is doing and his purposes can be accomplished. You don't have to figure this out on your own. You can trust Jesus. He will get you there. Hey, when we're scared and we don't understand how to have gospel conversations, um, and we can go to Jesus and we start praying about it. We can start reading his word that he's given us. We can start asking him to develop our relationship with him and help it to, to be something that, that, that excites us and that brings joy to our lives and that begins to overflow in other aspects of, of the way we live life. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, and this is the last scripture I'll read as, as Margaret gets ready to come, um, says, Of the gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Though I am the least of all the saints, his grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, to bring light for everyone as in what is in the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages who created uh, the ages in God who created all things. He says, I'm a minister because of God's grace and the power of God working. We all have access to that power. We all have, everyone who is a believer this morning has the, the spirit of God residing within them to encourage them and to empower them to do ministry. One of the things about that story in the beginning about what ministry looked like in, in Moore, Oklahoma during a time of tornado and destruction is that our pastor kept saying, we're not going to hold on tight to anything, but instead we're just going to be there. And we're going to be welcoming to whatever God has for us. And so we're going to open up our hands 
and we're going to be ready to be used by God, and we're going to serve in ways we can serve, and we're going to meet the needs of people in ways we can meet the needs of people. And as he did that, God used specific things to, to meet specific needs, and we saw God at work. And I believe that that's that same calling on our, our lives. That's what Paul's talking about here. He's like, as we... If we can fix our eyes on Jesus and we can be excited about what Jesus has done in our own hearts and then we can desire that for others, we will go out and we'll be ministers of the gospel. We'll teach and love and care about people coming to Jesus and knowing him in their lives being eternally changed. Wouldn't that be exciting to be a part of that? To see someone's life eternally changed by the work of God and that it doesn't even rest on you and your own ability but it's the power of God at work. This morning, as we think about these things, are we willing to go through difficulty to make Jesus known? Are we sharing God with others? Are we having gospel conversations? Do we live in such a way that that we want to see others grow in Christ? And are we resting in the power of God? I think these are some things that we need to ask ourselves. As, 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 we, as we get ready to, to just respond in the invitation time, but even if it's not here and now, but maybe as we walk out these doors, we just think about those things. How's my life look like what Paul is saying ministry looks like? This is a reality check of ministry. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it. The ministry is worth it. The lives change is absolutely worth it, and God deserves the glory. Let's pray. God, we thank you for... You're calling on our lives to be people who love others and who love you first. And Lord, that, that we get to be a part of, of knowing you and making you known. Lord, I pray that this word today, Lord, would just um, speak to our hearts better than I can is your word. And God, we just pray that you work through it. I pray now, Lord, that we will respond in however way you, you just place on our hearts and our minds today, Father, that we would just listen. And if nothing else today, God, that we would just sing praises to you because you are worthy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.